2: From MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host,
1: Mike Heck, The
3: iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of Between the Links. Happy Thursday to us all. We are back live on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. So thank you all for joining us live. And if you're listening after the fact, kind of shame on you, but we appreciate you listening nonetheless as esther said i am mike hack today it's our monthly q and a edition of btl where we're just going to answer your questions all show long and joining me to do this is mr no gray area mr no hot take the man who produced arguably the greatest episode of damn they were good in the history of the ma fighting podcasting network isn't that right jed miss
4: Look, I don't know if it's the greatest. I think it is, but it's certainly the longest. So that dropped <laughs> this morning. If you are listening to this on the wonderful uh, MMA Fighting Radio Network, you already know. But, you know, just click the download button. You can't do it on data. You're going to have to wait till you have Wi-Fi. Two and almost three hours worth of Habib Nurmagomedov con- content in your ear hole. We had a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great episode. You should check it out.
3: You should check it out. It's a good time. And also here with us on the ones and twos, producer extraordinaire in San Diego, getting ready for Bellator 300. There he is. Are you behind a fence?
5: Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just. Are you in a cage? I'm 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 in a one. It looks like you're in a cage. Why why is. All right. I'll fix that. I'll (laughs) fix that. Yeah.
4: (laughs) I want to play tic-tac-toe so bad right
5: now. You, you start in the middle, right? You always start
3: in the Hollywood middle, Squares. Right? Baby, Hi, yeah. The, yeah. is
4: the middle in our Hollywood Square.
3: <laughs> You're our Joan Rivers. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, that's what is. Yes, uh, we need a Jim J. Bullock and all the other outstanding personalities. Can,
4: can we can do MMA person. Hollywood Squares? Is that a thing oh. we can do? Should we save I mean, this, this million dollar idea for all fair?
3: Yes. I mean, we have lots of ideas going on right now. That's for sure. We have the combine. We got this. There's so many things we can do. So. Oh, the
4: combine.
3: God, I'm Someday. The combine. Someday we'll make it happen. So yes, this is your show, everybody. We are just going to banter about based on the topics you bring up to us. So get the questions in the chat. Casey will bring them up and we will discuss. So do we have anything? Uh, Joseph Boza, will Patty be fast-tracked to a title eliminator at lightweight if he beats Tony Ferguson? So I think we've kind of reacted to the fight. We've somewhat touched on the stakes involved here. Like Dana White said, if Tony loses, probably Dunzo with the UFC, although Tony said on the M.A.R. with Ariel Helwani, he's nowhere near done fighting. He's got a long way to go. We've also talked about, and I know fighters have talked about this. I've talked about this a lot on Heck of a Morning. What happens to Patty Pimblet here? Because a loss is really, really bad. A win, it kind of depends on how he treats this fight, in my opinion. But I don't know if he gets really the credit he deserves beating a guy who has lost six fights in a row in pretty dominant fashion. So let's say Patty goes out, Jed Mishu, and he treats this very respectful he's very respectful to Jared Gordon the build to the fight said nice things about him let's say he treats tony with the same kind of gloves is very respectful very nice puts over tony in his resume goes out has a fun fight with tony and wins it what does this do for him and do you think the ufc could fast track him in this loaded 155 pound division if he beats tony it's a
4: great question great question joe um I think they may try. I don't know that they're going to be able to. Some of this will probably, you know, be how the performance looks. Like, let's be honest. He goes out there and he runs over Tony Ferguson because Tony is washed. But you know, uh, still, there's probably still some cachet to just dominating Tony Ferguson. Uh, and if he can go out there and you know pull a uh, a Benny Derry, you something like that, then maybe that gets enough enough gumption in him to be like, all right, let's take a run at the top 15. Let's see what the Matt Favolas of the world are doing. Um, so they probably try, but I I think that they would try regardless of who he beats. This is, this is just the name. Like at the, we've run out of real estate for Patty Pimblett to not fight a real person. Now, like Jared Gordon was the last dude. Shouldn't have even beaten Jared Gordon. You can't, keep having him fight absolute nobodies without at least taking a shot at something. And so Tony Ferguson is just kind of the easiest springboard to get him into an opportunity where maybe instead of saying, Hey, Patty B beats this guy. Now he's going to fight a top 15 guy. Maybe Tony Ferguson has at least enough name value. And Patty Pimblett himself is a big enough star that that can springboard him into attracting the eyes of a top 10 guy, you know, a Dan hooker, somebody like that, who, Is a top 10 opponent who isn't probably really close to a title shot and might be looking for a big name, big opportunity. Hell. It doesn't wouldn't make a ton of sense, but like you could sell me on on Dustin Poirier fighting fighting Patty Pimblett because he's interested in big fights, etc. Like he's not trying to fight real up-and-comers. So Patty goes here, beats Tony Ferguson. Maybe maybe Poirier can even sell himself on the idea of, hey, this dude at least is very popular. That fight is more meaningful to me than fighting, you know, Armand Sarukian or whatever in that regard. So I think we're going to – if he wins and if he wins cleanly, yeah, they're probably going to try and bump him up uh, to shortcut as much of the lightweight, you know, Shark Tank as he can.
3: So I have two other questions for you in regards to this fight. One – we saw Tony Ferguson on the MA Hour, there, Hawaii. Great show. It was a terrific. an interview that's gotten a lot of attention because people were wondering what kind of attitude Tony was going to have. Was he going to be just kind of the, the nutty, just say crazy things, Tony Ferguson? Or is he going to be more of a reflective, what the hell have I been doing with myself, Tony Ferguson? I feel like we got... More of the latter than the former, although there were some of the former sprinkled in, but it was just a little more laid back. What were your biggest takeaways from Tony on the MMA Hour?
4: Um, <clears throat> I hated it. I don't know what – I honestly have not been super plugged into the rest of the MMA sphere as much. Uh, not to derail this or make this like this kind of thing because this will upset some people Twitter just is really not fun anymore um it's it's just been it like so it's I'm on mma Twitter a whole lot less because the engagement is just so different now and it's you know I'm I'm not making a moral judgment on that, if that's your thing or whatever, it's just not for me anymore, which is a shame, but it does mean that I'm like way less plugged into some of the stuff that's happened this week. Tony Among It. So I don't know how everyone else uh, you know, vibed that, but I I didn't like it. I, I like that he appears to be in a good place mentally. I'm I'm really happy for him that. Uh, I don't think he's reckoning with the truth of, of anything at all. And that is the part that is far more concerning to me. Um, you know, the, I, some of the stuff he said, like, you want to believe it and you want to feel good. Yeah. I feel great. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I was not with the right people and now I am like all of that is, you know, you hope that it's true because you hope for the best for these guys. But I, It was one of the clearest examples to me of the difference between fighters and quote unquote, regular people like, uh, and the mental gymnastics you have to be able to do to put yourself into the position that they're in to be convinced that you can win a fist fight against anybody and that you are the best in the world. And this is the sort of dark side of it. The, yeah, I know I've lost six in a row, but that's not really who I am. That's, I have plenty of tread left on the tires. Uh, You know, it's just not real. Like that's, I would have hoped that six in a row would be the time. You know, I I don't know how many in a row it takes for somebody to reckon with their own mortality in this way. But it really doesn't appear to me that Tony is. Um, He keeps grasping at straws of, it. you know, I was with the wrong people, I was with the wrong camp. And I'm not saying that that had no part but I think the obvious and clear answer is something very different that he's not prepared to have that conversation with himself about. So hope for the best, but I did not leave that interview uh, feeling great about his prospects to succeed and felt really bad that he seems very intent on on trying to continue.
3: My other question. Let's just say you were hired by Patty Pimblen and his team to manage the image of Patty Pimblett, Like, this is how you should handle yourself heading into this fight. Are you telling Patty Pimblett, hey, treat this man with respect. He's a former interim lightweight champion. He's been in some big fights, one of the longest winning streaks in the history of the division, one of the top 10 lightweights of all time. Or do you have Patty go in there and just go after Tony? Because... Look, after the Jared Gordon fight, and I know absence makes the heart go fonder, right? Like, we can't miss you if you don't leave, and I kind of feel like the break is going to put Patty on this fork in the road, where he can either put Tony over and be really cool and not celebrate a finish or anything like that, just kind of take it in stride, or he could just go full-fledged heel here and just let everybody outside of the UK just hate the man, and hatred creates dollars too, so... If you are managing Patty and Patty's like, hey, Jed, how should I handle myself heading into this fight? What would you tell him? Would you tell him to go full heel or try to put Tony over as best you can?
4: I think there are two options. That's a, that's a really, really good question, Mike. Um, one that I would have honestly had liked you have to ask me before this so I could have really waited out in my head, <laughs> not just fire from the hip. Because I think there probably is a right answer. So I think there are two ways, and you kind of outlined – there but i'll dig into it a little more specifically i don't think you put tony over if you're going to go that route i think that's like a very viable route and i suspect that that's the route we'll see where you don't you know try and blow smoke or sell wolf tickets it's not a tony's still dangerous it's you know this guy's a legend of the game uh it's an honor to fight him and you know he's still showing something he's not at his best but it doesn't matter because i know come saturday night he is going to be uh the best that he possibly can be and that's you know for 10 years plus the best Tony Ferguson was an absolute handful. And you can go that route and, you know, not like fully kayfabe that he's like seriously danger, but uh, you can give him enough props so that when you beat him, we all know, we all know the transaction that has occurred and you don't have to lie to anybody. And I I suspect that that's what Patty's going to do as I'm talking through it. I think if I was Patty's management, I would just tell him to go full heel because You're not going to make any fans off this one. like Realistically, you're not going to accomplish much off this one other than some ephemeral idea of having the name Tony Ferguson on your resume. Though What that means off a six-fight losing streak is who knows. I think the most – maybe it's not the most honest, but I think the most straightforward and sound way to approach this would just straight up being like, I'm going to kill this old dude. Like I don't know what the hell is going on. This is promotional malpractice. I cannot believe. You guys see me, I'm on a 6 fight winning streak, I'm young, I'm vibrant, I'm not fat. I put down the pizza so I could come and smash this joker. Like he's lost 6 in a row. He's talking about ninja turtles and and being weird and wearing sunglasses inside. I'm going to absolutely annihilate him and I'm hopefully I think what the UFC is trying to do here is they're trying to make me beat this man into retirement, and I will absolutely relish the opportunity to do my job in this regard. I think you gotta I think that's probably a better way to play it. you're gonna make a lot of people really upset. Some people will like it because that's you know how this sort of game works. and at the end, you're gonna if if you're going for the most cachet, I think that's the way to play it with one major caveat being, buddy, if you go plan B, you better deliver. If you Jared Gordon your ass in here after talking all that greasiness and then can't beat Washed Ferguson, you're going to catch it in the teeth forever. So I think I'd go plan B, but man, you got to make sure you fulfill your obligations on plan B as well.
3: But you know, if he goes plan A as well and loses a Tony, he's going to catch it in the teeth too. So I don't think he's he's going to catch it in the the
4: teeth if he loses but at least if it's plan A, it's less like, uh, you know, I told you, he's still good. And, uh, you know, uh, you could, that's, that's more forgettable. It will be the first, Patty will get the 13 seconds treatment for the rest of his career. If he comes and is like, this is about to be an execution and then gets got, I like, guess just it.
3: I kind of feel like the heel way is the way to go. He could be like the, go. he could be like the breath, the hitman, heart of the like late nineties where Brett was a major heel in America, but in Canada, he was a freaking hero. Like he got cheered. He was the big baby face, but in America, he was booed out of the building and Patty could be like booed out of the building in America, but he goes to the UK, he's celebrated like a hero. Like you could do the same thing. You could still have that. You could still be loved, but you could be hated too. And both make a lot of money and you can make a pretty compelling argument that being hated is, more profitable than being loved in some respects. So we'll see what happens. I've, I've grown more. Okay. With this one. Don't love it, but I'm, I'm not as staunchly against it as I once was. I'll say that.
4: I, I still hate it. <laughs> I don't. The tr- I mean, the, uh, the, the silver lining is I don't know what I would like for Tony Ferguson. Um, if he is insist, I mean, what I would like is for the UFC to say, we're not going to book you because that's what I would choose to like. If you would like to be released from your contract, I can't stop you, but I'm, I'm out. Um, I, so if, if they're, you know, that's never the UFC's prerogative anymore. I don't, I honestly don't know who, why, who did, did you guys match make for him on Otno after his last loss? Did anyone wildcard him?
3: Joe Lozon was the fight I've always, that's the one I kept going back to.
4: I could live with that. Um, I could live with that, and I could live with even though I he probably loses at this point in time. I could live with that, or Jim Miller at UFC 300. Those that would be about the only thing I would accept. Um, is it, so anything better, else, I'm just gonna hate.
5: Don't you think Jim Miller's better than Patty Piment?
4: Maybe he might be better. He's he's much older. Is the problem like I'm? I'm way we, once you get to that realm, even if you are better, and maybe Jim Miller beats Patty Pumba, it's just like let old dudes fight old dudes because that at least sits better on the palate.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, Miller's I'm been sad. clubbing dudes too. Like he's been like knocking people. He's been beating yeah. people up with his mitts yeah. as opposed to just subbing everybody yeah. lately. So
4: I don't know. Yeah, but I'm just never going to be that upset with a man, an old washed guy fighting a 40 year old dude. Like, that's at least a pal—even if Jim Miller's been fine. Like, he's also been fine against a bunch of dudes who don't have wiki pages <laughs> or whatever. So, like, some of that's there. I th- that just makes more sense from a, you know, Legends tour or whatever than this Patty Pimblet does. I still hate this fight.
5: Dude, I, I'm still kind of confused why people hate this fight because—is is, is Patty Pimblet good? Is he top 15?
4: It's not top fifteen, but it does not top fifteen is not the barrier to entry for for Tony Ferguson at this point in time. He's probably top thirty.
5: You just don't want Tony Ferguson to fight anybody, right? Anybody real?
4: No, I don't want him to fight a real human unless it's a legend of the game, and then I will accept it.
5: Yeah, because I think Jim Miller would put a, a, put a much bigger hurt on Tony than Patty would.
4: Maybe, but
5: brain damage.
4: Maybe, yeah, but I'm just like way more cooler with those two dudes at that stage of their careers facing off with each other. Like, otherwise, yeah, Patty, like, have Tony Ferguson fight me or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know. I actually do honestly think the UFC should, as a rule, a hard and fast rule, never book someone on a six fight losing streak. That's just like anathema to everything for them. You should be like, hey, man, um, you're a legend. We'd like you to retire. If you're not going to, uh, we'll be done with your services.
3: Yeah, this uh, is, this kind of fight's just such a rarity because there's a guy on a big winning streak against a guy on a big losing streak, like the same number. I honestly don't know that this table. has
4: happened since like Pride.
3: Yeah, so it's it's weird to look at like the the wikis and the the topology pages like right next to each other, whole bunch of green against a whole whole bunch of red.
5: But is, but
4: I is could do Clay because, Guida. Yeah, I could do I'm Clay like, Guida for Tony Ferguson. Another old guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm looking through topology rankings. I'm currently in the 70s trying to find some dude that would be a, a responsible match. But there ain't the a lot of guys.
5: because there's so much freaking conversation on this fight. That's I, fine. I can't.
4: I, it's a promotionally I can't, fine fight to make.
5: Promotionally. It's, Promotion, it seems like a perfect fight, but yeah, I'm 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 just kind of always shocked how much people care about this fight. But yeah, here we are.
4: Yeah. I wouldn't say it's, it's just perfect to- just because most of the conversation's negative. And while no publicity is bad publicity, at some point, like I just don't think they're getting as much juice as they could for for like all of the negativity that comes their way. But it's fine matchup in that regard. And if the idea is maybe if Tony just gets killed by this dude that most people think isn't good, maybe he'll quit, then I'm fully on board. But I'm pretty sure that that's not the idea behind this matchup.
3: Yeah, I think it's kind of twofold. One is if you're trying to use Tony to get Patty over, I don't know if this is going to do it unless Patty does go full heel and just puts this guy – away and get him out of the UFC. Like he's can live off the fact that I'm the guy who retired Tony Ferguson. You could do like Logan Paul. I'm the guy who beat Floyd Mayweather. Like you could do that. Like you could be that guy. What?
4: I've got it. I've got the matchup for Tony Ferguson.
3: <laughs> what is it?
4: It's Chase Hooper. Cause he could beat Chase Hooper. He could beat Chase Hooper. That's the matchup that I would have accepted as well. Huh? Interesting. It,
5: Hooper's a 45er, right?
3: No, he's 55 now.
4: Yeah, oh, he's he bumped.
5: Now. Okay.
3: Interesting. I mean, good. it's not a
4: good fight, but he could be. I'm strictly at this point trying to find a fight Tony Ferguson can win in the context of the UFC.
3: That's the fight Joe Lozon wanted at UFC 292. He's like, book me against Chase Hooper in
4: Boston. Yeah, because he, he could not. win it in Boston. That'd <laughs> be a heck, like no, heck of a swan song for <laughs> uh what's uh, is anthony pettis still under contract with pfl can we bring him back why would he want to come back he just
3: made like a floppity jillion dollars to box roy jones jr why would he ever
5: want to come back to the ufc Lord, that's a great Dumbay. point he wants to fight cedric Dumbay.
4: i mean that seems like a bad choice but okay you you know however you want to live your life I guess there is I am in the 160s and I've come up with two names that are like reasonable matchups (laughs) (laughs) lightweight is a tough weight class to to get old (laughs) in.
0: the NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more
2: that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
3: Let's go to Michael. Good name. Uh, Given the lack of tape evidence in MMA based on vibes... How good is Cedric Dumbay, Jed Mishu? Uh, now, most people in America did not get to watch. Actually, nobody in America, unless you were a media member, got to watch this fight live or if you had a, a good Hell VPN. It. But this to me, like, I know they, they build it. Th- listen, I crap on the PFL more than probably anybody because they make so many mistakes. They could be really good, but they just aren't good. But the matchmaking here was absolutely brilliant because this was a squash match to me. On paper, by watching tape, everything I saw, this was a squash match. This was the Cedric Doombay squash match special, even though they were both 4-0 as pro MMA fighters. So this is picture perfect. Doombay delivered in a big way. This was absolutely perfect. Too bad nobody really got to see it, but the social media clip went viral, and that's great. How do you view him? I mean, like, how high are you on him at this point? So like, is this a, is this is the dude? What do you think?
4: So we're clear. The social clip going out is the fight. The clip is the full fight. Yeah. The fight was it's nine like- seconds, so it's fine. Um, yes, it was very dumb that the PFL would ever put on. And I just truly need someone to explain to me why they couldn't broadcast it somewhere. Like, I I genuinely don't understand how that can't be on YouTube. Like, so there's there's no reasonable explanation that i will accept for why like dude you can watch like aries <laughs> shit on youtube you can watch like bumble frick organization in the caucus mountains on youtube i can't watch pfl and like one of your main attractions what the hell is that but yeah uh he's the truth that's that is plain and simple he wakes up every day and it's excellence uh Dude, he's dope. Like, he's dope. I'm trying really hard to not get this censored on on the pod network. I've had to censor myself like five times. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. If you've ever watched him, Kickbox is pretty sick. And if you've watched him murder admittedly bad people in MMA, it's still pretty sick. Um, And, hey, I don't know if you guys know this, but, uh, Mike, I think, I feel like, there have been some relatively successful glory kickboxing champions in MMA of late. Um, is that right? Is, has there been a couple of very successful glory champions making the move to MMA? I think I'm, there's am a, I crazy? Uh,
3: I think you might be onto like, something here.
4: Like one guy's middleweight champion. One guy was middleweight champion is about to fight for the light heavyweight title. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty good. Look, I, it's not being combat Sambo world champion, but being glory kickboxing champion appears to be an excellent base for MMA Um, so yeah the vibes are immaculate Uh, the man's a star you hear him talk you hear him coming with the absolute thunder uh, in his post fight presser firing shots um, and some like pretty heavy accusations this man uh, is, is the truth New York Rick has been a big proponent of him since day one I've been right there with him and I think everybody who knows what's up is right there on Doom Bay. This guy, I mean, hell, what? He's 30, 32, somewhere in that like early 30s range. Uh, And at a really good weight class. So might have a hard time, but weight class is in a little transition. I mean, if the PFL is going to be probably pretty easy money for him to run through that, uh, that run at this point. So he's going to be great. And in the not too distant future, he's going to be a top 10 guy for us. Wish the UFC hadn't fumbled the bag. I would have loved to see Doom Bay and what he could do against some of the top welterweights in the sport, but say Lavi.
3: Would you put him in the season or would you just special attraction him? Pay-per-view type fights.
2: Mm Hmm.
4: It's a really good question. I think you just special attraction him um, because who really cares about PFL seasons? And I think that that's going to be progressively the case with PFL, which is going to entirely undermine their entire structure. But, you know, whatever. Um, The problem is what are the special attractions for him? (laughs) Like, PFL's welterweight division is poop.
3: Just book him in the same kind of fight here. Find him a guy. Because the guy he fought, I don't remember his name. Um, I just remember watching well, He's like a three and three Ammy, and then he yeah. just got a bunch of cream puff fights and as a pro. And this is like yeah, a, you just perfect. give
4: him smashes.
3: Yeah, but just let him at run some point over.
4: at some point you want to do something bigger with him, and I just don't know what that is. Cause uh, I mean, if the PFL does buy Bellator, then that's way more fun. Um, eventually a Cedric Doom you know, versus our boy. It's pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, actually their welterweight division is getting a little bit old, but, um, it's still much better than Sadabu C or whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, if, if they do end up buying Bellator, I, which fingers crossed, knock on wood, hope that goes through, be better. Uh, an eventual Doom Bay versus Amosov, Doombay versus MVP, uh, I MVP resigns. I don't know if he's, you know, what's going on there. Um, Dumbe versus Koreshkov. Like these are cool things. So uh, hopefully they pick up Bellator for no other reason than it. They need people for Dumbe to fight after one more year of him smashing cans and then obliterating, obliterating Sadabusi.
3: I think that's what you do is you give, you give Dumbe a couple of cream puffs and then you build end of 2024 MVP is a free agent. I don't know what the the whole, I'm sure there's matching rights and all that stuff, but even if PFL just wants to go get him on his own, like on their own, just sign him. And if MVP wants to like fight on a card, great. But I think the whole thing is to build to that fight because that just, that'd be huge. That'd be a, a just a fun, special attraction kind of a fight. You don't book it now, but sometime at the end of 2024, I think that'd be a nice little build
4: yeah so i'm I'm in,
3: yeah, and show his fights on in the u s for God's sake,
4: such a low bar, such a low bar to show fights, and yet,
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, they're so good at making graphics <laughs> <love that. laughs> uh, if Katsyega <laughs> becomes the Bellator featherweight champion, will Bellator still be around for them to capitalize on set upset? <laughs>
4: Joe, Joe, I gotta I gotta pick your brain here, man. What do you mean capitalize? What what is there to cat if Chris Cyborg loses, they're just gonna fold the division because like they don't care about Kat Sengham being a champion. No one does. Why should they? They shouldn't. It's a fraudulent weight class anyway. The only thing that's giving it a patina of like realism is Chris Cyborg being there. And if she loses, there—I mean, I guess they won't fold if they buy PFL because like PFL ostensibly has it. But no, there's nothing to happen if if Ghana wins. Katsingano wins, and Chris Cyborg fights. They'll do a rematch in PFL because Bellator won't exist by the time that would happen. And then the winner of that rematch gets to go get absolutely annihilated by Larissa Pacheco, who might be the best female fighter on the planet right now. So yeah, uh, no, this is, there's nothing to capitalize on. It will be nothing but sadness and admittedly, incredibly funny, which means it might happen because this year has been just a hysterically funny year. So, uh, but no, there's nothing to capitalize on here.
3: It's so funny. You say that because I went on the the pod with Santiago and Marcel, the the Bellator zone. We were talking about this. If there's one fight on this card that I had those like Stricklandy O'Malley vibes to, it's this one. For some weird reason, I can't put my finger on it, but it's it's this fight. It
4: and would undeniably look, be the out- funniest outcome of all the funny oh, outcomes sure. that could happen. That's that would be the funniest thing for Katzengunn to like. Semi-openly duck Chris Cyborg for well over a year, finally fight her, and then beat her, despite the fact that Katzingano is not even very good, uh, would be objectively hilarious.
3: Yes. I'm not picking this to happen, but yeah. I don't know. I feel kind of – I have those weird feelings about this one. But look, from some reports – I'd pick Chris conversation- Cyborg
4: to lose to a lot of people right now. I, I think she is primed to lose to people because – She's been fighting for 20 years and hasn't really looked all that good in MMA lately. Um, But not to Kat And
3: look, even if they PFL does absorb Bellator, uh, there's a lot of rumblings that they're just going to keep them separate for a little while. So I actually think that's the best. No, you don't like that.
4: You You can't do that. Why? Look, I think that idea works if they don't purchase Bellator and if, as we have previously discussed, they do a once a year Super Bowl where they just do a Super Bowl event and it's PFL versus Bellator and then the rest of them. If you are PFL and you acquire Bellator and you let Bellator run as its own thing, that's malpractice because I got to tell you, Mike, PFL's roster is just awful. It is just calamitously bad in several weight classes and they desperately need the only reason to buy Bellator realistically because Bellator will co-promote you could just co-promote with them if you wanted to they've been open to that the only reason to buy them is to buy their roster which is the second best in MMA behind the UFC they have a bunch of very quality fighters and if you are the PFL trying to build your brand as the new TV rights deal comes up your brand does not need to be we have a bunch of uh C and D level fighters in this tournament structure that is really yet to take hold as something that is meaningful for this fan base and we also own the rights to these good people over here who are doing an entirely separate thing. If you're going to buy it, you bring them all under one roof to make a big event, like to make a bigger better product so when your TV rights deal renews, you can come to ESPN with a tangible real product and a depth of of event structure there. So I- I think it would be really bad if they want to run them separately for the rest of the year. So Bellator can finish their grand Prix and then 2024 PFL, you know, does they finish their, their season and 2024 is all new. Okay. But if it's for the next year plus, we're going to run these as separate entities, light that idea on fire and kick it out the door. We do not need that.
3: Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be interesting because even though Bellator has the second best roster in the sport right now there aren't any stars there there's guys who could be stars but they don't have any stars like and if you're going to run pay-per-views and all that like you just don't, don't run enough run events. pay-per-views
4: don't run pay-per-views just don't do it no one should run to. it the UFC shouldn't run it really but they at least can get away with it just don't just build a promotion and recognize that you know who doesn't run pay-per-views? The NF fucking L. Do they hurt for money? No, because <laughs> they, they have way longer though. Yeah, okay, they still make a billion dollars a day because of their TV deal rights with eight different things. I'm not saying you're gonna be the NFL or make that much money, but pay-per-view is just an insane thought for anything that is not the UFC, and even the UFC were probably past it. Doesn't didn't WWE stop doing pay-per-views? Don't they just have like your TV subscription or whatever to paramount? Like, it's just, just do a TV. You can't make a TV rights deal be good. You can't broadcast fucking live fights for one of your best fighters to America. Why the fuck are you trying to put on pay-per-views? Do your freaking job, buy this company, bring in their good fighters to your roster, and make a real product that people can get behind so in a year and a half you can go to ESPN and get upfront cash in hand to continue building a viable alternative to the UFC. This shouldn't be that hard.
3: Amazing. Well said. I was hoping to get that out of you at some point and we got it. So
4: perfect. I don't want to be mean to the PFL because I like in general what they're trying to do. I don't love that they got, you know, hundred million dollars of Saudi financing, but there are no heroes in this sport, but just like, focus on the battles. You can win my man making an extra $400 from the six people who buy your championship pay-per-view is just not worth it. It's just not.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. This is going to be a tough one to buy. This, this one in November.
4: It's awful. (laughs) It's like one, like half of it's just the same as last year's, which is freaking terrible. It's just like, yeah, man, you can't, you don't do it. If you are insisting on doing pay-per-views, here's what you do. You do them, uh, come as they may. Like you play them by ear. It's not a, we're going to make this. It's, hey, okay, well, now Jake Paul is actually going to fight in an MMA fight. You know what? We'll make a pay-per-view for that. Uh, but you don't just be yes. like, we, we got to make a pay-per-view in November because that's when we do them. And... We're going to try and chopped basket this up with the four items that are trash to make an edible meal. No, it's not it. You sell, a th- you sell a product you have, not a product you wish you had. And that's what the PFL is going to be doing with the championship this year. It's like, okay, you're going to make an extra 40 bucks. You're going to lose out the opportunity to make a broader fan base by making this free for people to consume on a platform that most people in your demographic, males 18 to 34, own ESPN plus. Like you should just stop this. Your focus should be on growth. You are not a money-making enterprise and no one is believing that you are. Your focus is on growth and growth is not behind a paywall. It never has been, never will be.
3: All right. Next question. I love this so much. BFL definitely needs to have a, a look in the mirror moment uh if you could only pick three bellator fighters to bring over who are they
4: i'm assuming that means to pfl or do we think this means to bring over to the ufc
5: i assume mm. ufc because if the, you think ufc okay yeah was, okay let's go ufc because the pfl mm. answer will, will be pretty i don't know 300 fighters to bring
4: over but yeah <laughs> I mean, fair. That's a fair, fair point. Um, I Johnny bet we have the same. I mean, so the two of these are incredibly obvious. And then I think the third one is obvious enough. Um, but I mean Eblin and and Nermi, that's one and two. There's no question in my mind. Um, because Johnny Eblin may well be the best middleweight alive. Um Nurmagomedov there's an argument I guess not to bring him just because of Islam and those two won't fight but I think that Islam probably doesn't have many years left atop the sport either from loss from loss or he probably will take a quicker exit Allah Habib uh and given how young Usman is let me check this how old is he? he's like 25, something like that. 25 Yeah, 25 yeah um 20 he's 25 years old um He's 25 years old. That man is going to be the best lightweight in the world someday. I mean, at this point, like, he's younger than Armand Sarukian. (laughs) You know? Like, bring him over because we can get Sarukian versus Nurmagomedov. We can have a lot of fun fights with him. I already think he's probably one of the 10 best lightweights in the world. And he's 25. Like, he's, he's three or four years at least away from his prime, his peak. So, that would be number uh, two for me behind Eblin, and my number three. I think that there are, are two answers that I guess there are more than two answers actually, because there are a lot like the top of the list for Bellator yeah, yeah. is great. But um I was, I had one really convincingly and then I remembered Yaroslav amosov and now I'm like, shit. There's,
3: there's, there's this is tougher than you think.
4: It actually is. It actually is. Um, can, it actually can I
5: readjust is. the question? It's, Three non-champions? How about that? Because obviously all the champions can come over. Maybe for the exception. No, I think Inclusion. it's more
4: fun because you—if you have to—you have to choose the champions you want to come over. Though
5: oh, it's only three. That's me.
4: P- I know, but you got to—you got to choose them uh, because I would want like six of them to come over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Non-champions, I don't think I even care. <laughs> who comes really? over?
3: Aaron, Aaron Pico.
4: Like I mean, McKee, Aaron, it's McKee, Pico. Pico, Pico McKee, it's Pico. AJ McKee. Yeah, and uh, does Pitbull have a belt right now? Yeah, he's, he's a featherweight the champion. champion. Is, Pit, is Pitbull the featherweight champion? Yeah, he's um, the
5: champion right now. And or Apache. Apache's not technically the champion. He's an interim
3: if, champion. If though. we're allowing if we're
4: allowing patchy in this modified rule set, absolutely. But mm-hmm. other than that, um, I don't know. Fabian Edwards is actually a good fighter. I'd be happy to see him over.
5: Um I, Adam Borch. I, I, I love Adam Bork's Borch.
4: Yeah. I love. him.
5: Not. I don't think he's a must have though. Uh, I, I think he's really good,
3: but yeah. Like if you uh, get fifteen guys, I'd probably bring Borch in.
5: I think. Yeah. Borch is – out. Okay, whatever.
4: <laughs> Koji. doesn't. Kyo-Gi doesn't have a belt. Give me Koji.
5: Yeah, Koji
3: for
4: sure.
5: That's a
3: good. One. If okay. it's
4: if it's belt, I want. I I definitely want Nurm. I definitely want Eblin. And I think my third answer. I'm gonna go back to it. I'm gonna stick with it. It's the one I originally had. It's it's patchy. Give me patchy. I think that there's a very, very. I think there's a very real chance he's the best band weight in the world. And so I think all three of those people all either could be or are the best fighter in their weight class. And so even though I'd love Vadim Nimkov, I'd love Yaroslav Amosov, uh, I'm less interested in seeing those journeys than I am the, those three I picked.
3: It's tough, Eblen's number one for sure. Because there's just there's just so many interesting fights there. Um, Nurmagomedov is definitely on the list, but kind of in the same frame of mind you have. I kind of want to get him when he's twenty seven or twenty eight, then twenty five. Like let him just carve out his niche and just crush everybody he fights there, and then. When his contract expires and he's 28, about to hit his athletic peak, then bring him over. When Islam is out, then he could just hand it on over to Usman. McKee's a good one. I'd love to see Mix at 135. But I I wonder if we would run into some issues, though, because I know Aljo trains with him. I know Murab trains with him. I don't know if we'd have any issues of like those guys fighting each other because that's the last thing this friggin' division needs right now. i would be fine because
4: neither Aljo nor Mirab are fighting for the title anytime soon, so it's fine.
3: <laughs> well, Patchy probably isn't either. So, which as long as Sean O'Malley's the champion. It's true. Yeah. It's a good list. Pico. Yeah. I'd probably bring Pico over. I'd probably bring Pico over. Honestly, over patchy. Dude,
4: there's just a whole ton of them that are dope. MVP oh, theoretically ones. still there. Which goes to my previous point. If you're PFL and we just gave you a list of fighters who would be dope to have in the UFC and you look at yours and you're like, well, I'm about to give Sadabu another million dollars. We should definitely keep these brands separate. That's good for our long-term development. No, you idiots. Get real people into your organization now.
3: How can they possibly absorb all these contracts, though? Like, how? Well, how is this possible? Saudi
4: money is for, baby?
3: It's $100 million. It seems like a lot, but when you're bringing over the 100 guys that you'd want on your roster... It's a lot of money. Especially for some of these champions, it's a lot of friggin' money, man. It's a lot yeah, of money.
4: You, this is why you buy them though. You're buying these contracts and not giving, you know, each of them 750 grand a rip. You're just paying them whatever their existing contract structure is, which probably isn't a ton. I don't but really you know. But you still how have that, to pay
3: them. Yeah, you still have to pay yeah, them. Yeah, you
4: gotta you gotta pay them that. But look, if at any point in time they run out of money, they can go back to Daddy Arabia and be like, Hey, <laughs> I need more. Money doesn't mean anything to you. It's fictional. You already gave me 100 million. What's an extra 100? It's the same. Let's go. One of these days, we're going to sell this product ESPN for a half billion dollars.
3: I'm super curious about how this is going to play out for the fighters. Like, will they have the option to stick around at the money they're making and stay? Or you have the choice. You could just leave and test free agency. You may not take the risk, you may not get the money. We're going to give you but if you want to try it out go ahead like i wonder if they're if this deal happens if these champions and some of these big name fighters have to stay or if they're given the yes. option to explore free agency
4: i assume that they have to stay to fulfill the contract obligations they have with bellator um whatever those are in the same way that like when the ufc bought pride in several of those contracts like mark hunt famously was given an option to leave and declined it. I think PFL could choose to say, if X fighter, uh, if you would like to decline, or like we would be happy for you to leave, and they may do some of that from a number standpoint. Influxing 150 people into your promotions probably pretty tough, but I would strongly doubt. Like if, if so, like if there is a buyout option or whatever for these fighters then I will need someone to sit me down and explain it to me like I'm a Labrador retriever what the PFL purchased. Because if they're not buying the contracts of the fighters in Bellator, I truly do not know what they are buying.
3: But you also have to think, too, that the UFC is not going to pay most of these guys what Bellator did. So these fighters should be taking a risk.
4: Maybe. I actually don't know how much Bellator contracts are. You could convince I mean, most- me, I'm sure that some high end people are doing well, but you could also convince me that like some of the Bellator contract pay is tied up in the idea that they have individual sponsors and that, hey, we might pay you a little bit less, but the UFC is restrictive in your sponsorships and you can make, you know, per Ryan Bader at one point in time, hundred grand per fight based on your own sponsorship acquisition. So, um, I, I we don't i don't at least know enough about what bellator contracts are like yeah. to have a great idea about that
3: like if Evelyn's making like 125 and 125 right now the ufc's not gonna pay him, pay him that no chance
4: probably not but also there i mean it's at that point you get into the game theory of it is it worth it to risk losing potentially the best middleweight in the world to save 25 grand uh, contract or whatever, like a a fight for him or whatever, like then you have to game theory and figure out what the UFC would pay and you're releasing him to the open market when instead you can just say, this money doesn't really mean that much to me. Um, I'll pay him the extra scratch and make sure that we have him on the roster and we can continue to build because that should be, again, their focus, their priority should be on growth, should be on putting out and creating the best product possible and to do that, they need the best fighters possible. And this just ain't where you save a nickel, you know, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, you got to go all in now and you, you need it to work. You need it to work. It's going to be real interesting next 18 months for the PFL. That's for sure.
2: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
3: Grades on the women's main card of one championship last week. I thought it was awesome. Stamp can't miss TV. Stamp Fair gets an A++++++ for me. She she proved me wrong. Not saying that I didn't think she could win, but I just didn't think she had the, like the MMA experience, some of the big fight experience that Ham had. But man, Stamp is... Stamp's a star, man. She is a friggin' star. And one needs to just boost her and get her out everywhere and and just treat her like a star. She's a plus 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 plus. For sure.
4: I did not watch a second of this. Um, oh. so I will not comment on this. I saw, you know, I saw the, the Angela Lee news and sort of how it broke out afterwards, but didn't didn't watch this at all.
5: I watched it, and it was a, the the last three fights, which was a moit no, it was the last four fights. grappling muay thai. Four, yeah, it was it was a weird. It was basically a boxing match between MMA fighter and muay thai fighter. That was a super fun match. Um, there was a straight up I think muay thai fight that was freaking awesome. I don't I can't remember the ladies' names. Then there was a really good grappling match between Daniel Kelly and another um, American lady, which is it was freaking really good. And then the main event was just super duper, and Stamp Fairtex should be a top top five biggest MMA uh, female MMA stars in the world. She has everything going for her, and the win was incredible too because she just didn't knock out Zoe Ham, who I thought was going to beat her. She out grappled out grappled her too, and almost armbarred her, and I think in the first round. And one of the most and one of the most vicious body shot KOs we we're going to see all year. So, uh, that was nasty, dude. It was so, nasty. So, nasty. so nasty. So, uh, it was just so, oh, uh, it was beautiful. It was like, and you couldn't really see on the, on the original broadcast angle because the, the angle, you couldn't see the body shots. Once they did the reverse of it and then you saw like how she just dug into she hit the same spot right under the, the rib three times in a row. Oh, she is so good and um i was so impressed by with sam Fairtex. her walk out post fight in ring her actual fighting skills everything like like man like one that like one has their ronda rousey or whatever you know whatever you want to call it um but she is she's the real deal it was it was spectacular so i'll try that was the only fight one. i watched it was the main event. that was the only main event. Oh. The, the main event was the only fight i watched Oh, the, the gravity matches was awesome, and the Muay Thai matches super violent, and awesome too. Yeah, I like what one's
3: doing, man. I like what they're doing. They're try. I like what they're doing until they talk about what they're doing, and then it annoys the <laughs> shit out of me. It's like, oh, we're we're just as good as the UFC and all this. You're not the UFC. Like you're don't be. What's what's breaking you out in 2023 to American fans more than ever? is that you're the alternative to the UFC. Stop Mm -hmm. comparing yourself to the UFC. Your product is, yeah, there are mixed martial arts bouts, but the formula in which you build your They are not an MMA promotion. (laughs) No, they're not. So stop comparing yourselves to the UFC. Stop saying you're the number two MMA promotion. You are your own thing. You need to be your own
5: thing. We're the number one, one. Yeah. Right? Like we're different. There, there are martial arts promotion who happens to have yes. martial arts part of it. And that's, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, anytime they, they shouldn't, they should completely, they're, they've, I don't know if it was accidental or what, but like they have become, I, I, I used to kind of, one was like PFL to me for a long time. I just didn't like watching it, but I, it has grown on me and I do think they have, their product has gotten much better. And while I still don't like Muay Thai in a cage, I still think that's gross. I've accepted <laughs> it. Yeah, but
4: um <laughs> well, they also do Muay Thai in rings too. Yeah,
5: yeah. I, that's so what, yeah, I, 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 I love. I wish they did rings more to to even differentiate them more. But uh yeah, I, I they honestly
4: know. should just be. And I hate rings. I think rings are not a a good thing for MMA. They should just be a ring promotion. There's no yeah. real reason.
5: I I I love rings, but uh, even for MMA. But uh, but and I think the Amazon deal, man. I don't, at least for me, I'm only talking from my experience. It is really easy to watch one now, be it through Amazon Amazon Prime Video. It's really easy, to, even easier than YouTube, honestly. Um, so they got a good thing. And I don't know. I don't know the money parts of it. I don't know if that's working out for them. But just from my viewing experience, I actually. I hate and I, I don't I hate saying it, but I'm admittedly like I'm becoming a one fan <laughs> until they start talking <laughs> then, yeah. then it becomes yeah if, yeah if Chachi yeah. just didn't say anything
3: they would be perfect yeah they'd be in a great place right now I know that uh Bloody Elbow released some of the contract information so there's been a whole bunch tough, of weirdness going on with that very tough uh yeah. a lot of language in that is rough um yep. I know Alex Davis came out and defended the Adriana Marias contract and there's probably some truth to what Alex is saying that he made more money than that contract they showed. There's, I'm sure there's more to be made, but it's just like the disclosed pay when the UFC goes to an event where the commission So
4: tax pay. fraud? So we're tax frauding it? Is that what? <laughs> I made more money than was reported. Good to know. Well, I mean, you Dude, know how to think. I mean, yeah. yeah it's,
3: they're not going to disclose everything. If, if
4: you're looking for heroes in promoters, not just in boxing anywhere, there are none. Uh, Zero. It's, a, it's a career that almost exclusively caters to uh, some of the worst people you've ever met it's just <laughs> okay. it's unfortunate but like historically that's incredibly accurate um, yeah. yeah you gotta respect I guess the what best, one is doing
3: I, yeah for sure and I guess the best advice I can give to fans is um, just watch fights and like the fights because the more you dive deep into this industry uh, the more the more worms you're gonna find And they ain't pretty to look at. So.
4: Yeah. um, My fandom died a lot when I got more invested in learning. Um, And I still love the sport and I love my job, but there are, there are no heroes here. Uh, And that's, you know, true of other parts of the world as well. Um, I just wanted to say this on one. I totally respect what they're doing. I think you guys are absolutely right. They shouldn't brand themselves as an MMA promotion. They're not. They're a combat sports promotion. And, you know, I think that it would be incorrect to say, but they could at least claim with some credibility that they're the number one combat sports promotion in the world. Um, I think it's really easy, like Casey said, to watch. They are, it's always like on the banner. I have a Fire TV, mm-hmm. and like when I load it up, it's like, hey, here's this going on. Super easy, and I can't get there. And I think a lot of it is, for whatever reason, I enjoy grappling, and I enjoy muay thai, and I enjoy kickboxing, and I enjoy MMA. And uh, it being all like sort of pell-mell into one rollout, that's funny for me with Fight Circus, which is an absurdist thing. Um, I'm less, it it is less engaging to me to watch a one and be like, and now we have a grappling match and now we're going to MMA and now it's going to be a Muay Thai. Now it's going to be a a random custom rules match. It's just that part is off putting. And so I understand it. I'm not saying they should change the thing, totally respect what they're doing as a business, but I'm not where you got to, Casey. It's still not an enjoyable product okay. for me to watch. In a lot of ways.
5: I, I I was with you honestly that too, like switching rule sets. But I, I'm just going to assume the the Asian market has accepted this because Ryzen does this. I know other Japanese promotions have d- kickboxing and MMA, but one kind of takes it a step further. we having with just with everything, but. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. I get how it's it's off putting sometimes, but um, but it is different, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they yeah, put said,
4: they totally found respected. a way. Of, it's, it yeah. hasn't connected with me in that yeah. way. It's
3: not for everybody, and they found a way to put stakes on things that mm-hmm. no longer seem random on these cards, which I like too. Like it, like Danielle Kelly. Like she was everywhere promoting this grappling match. She did interviews with everybody, which is super freaking smart super freaking smart made it seem like that grappling match is a very big deal so they're doing things right
5: you know you're right it, it, i thought it was just a grappling match but the way they built it up with the big belt and everything i was like all of a sudden it's like oh am i watching like the adcc finals right here you know it, it felt big yeah yeah oh the belt's they too big to, it's, 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 belt. it's 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 <laughs> it's comic you can't big. Like <laughs> yeah. the, it's comic. The, that's the thing is
4: it is cartoonishly large and it's incredibly apparent when you're talking about like women's atom weight fighters or the fly <laughs> men It's like or even actually, on DJ. On it's the TV. size of DJ's torso. Like you could maybe get away with it like Anthony Malakin or whatever, who's a large person, but it's just like tiny humans who could like hide behind that if they needed to as a shield. It is way too big.
5: It's not a belt. It's a shield. That's what they should just call it. You win the one championship uh, dude, shield. I,
4: <laughs> right now, if they get a shield instead, I'm in. I change everything. You, said, you put it you in I'm your in. arm. Like, yeah. 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 You that just makes carry it out like that. Every Be promotion gives cooler. out belts.
5: We give out shields. Yeah,
4: Dude, and look at like the old belts that like, like boxing, like boxing championship belts used They're to be small. like belts. Like there were ribbons, like had ribbons slightly on them. <laughs> bigger belts, you know, than like an, an actual belt you could wear. And it is just like cartoonishly expanding. And now we're at one, which is like the apex of all of them. And it's bigger isn't better. Please change that. <laughs>
5: uh, one more question about one. I'll do them. Okay. Uh,
3: is Angela Lee a women's MMA pioneer for Southeast Asia and Singapore? What is her legacy? What do you think, Casey? What's, wh- how would you define Angela Lee's legacy? Um,
5: definitely a. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't think you can the, call her a pioneer. Not pioneer, because she came in 2015. She late started in like the,
4: 2015. Yeah, that's yeah. His past pioneer.
5: I'm, I'm trying to think of a comparison, though. But I do feel like Angela Lee was the first, maybe their first crossover star in the sense that she was a star in Asia and becoming a star in the States. And I think her, her I, f- I forget her opponent's name, um, but she, did you, her, Angela Lee's, I think her two matches with the Chinese MMA fighter, I think, were just incredible Jean matches. Jingnan. Yeah. Incredible matches.
4: It was, it was three of them, by the way. Oh, three so of them. Trilogy. Sorry,
5: yeah. It was. It was. There were just incredible matches. I think that was their. um That was their Chandler Alvarez kind of, you know, kind of. I guess that. I I think that's a comparison. That was their Chandler Alvarez. That, that, that's just these, just incredible matches that kind of just became. Those matches became bigger than the organization. Just like Chandler Alvarez at the time was bigger than Bell. became bigger than Bellator. I think that's what Angel Lee's kind of. um uh, her legacy is and um yeah we, i mean we don't need to go into why she retired but um just unfortunate and sad but um i think in the end she she will leave um the sport with a very um highly regarded legacy but pioneers a little too far. I, won't, I won't go pioneer just because that, just, yeah it just came too late in the game <laughs> there were other pioneers yeah. before her. yeah
4: yeah she just can't be a pioneer at at this like when you when you started in 2016 you're not a pioneer by just about any definition um but yeah i also you know a heart goes out to her totally understand will say this i would not say her legacy is written she's still like 27 yeah Uh, she could take a five-year hiatus from the sport to deal with the things she is dealing with and still be a very young woman to return and and come back in, in like a substantive way. So wish the best for her. I would not say – she's not getting a damn at the moment, you know?
3: Yeah. yeah. She's <clears throat> the face of that organization in a lot of respects, mm-hmm. for sure. Especially like, before I, they started signing – before the trade and, you know no, – but- before they started it, signing a lot of the ex UFC talent, I want to like say she we was.
0: Did, was she was she, a, was she their first homegrown star? I'm oh, sorry, mm-hmm. probably.
3: Yeah, I would say so.
4: I can't, I can't think of, of another one. I mean, yeah, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Ben Aspen doesn't really count as homegrown, right? No,
5: no, he's so. no, a of, but Yeah,
4: yeah, so. yeah. You Know yeah. she was deaf, probably all the first one I can think of because you know, when she was 20, we knew who she was. I'm like, all right, she's gonna be Bro. something. And
3: every fight in her career is a one, every one, every well, every okay. pro fight,
5: yeah. all of them. She's yeah, they're, they're, they're AJ McKee, they're, they're yeah, you know,
3: almost Kayla Harrison esque in a lot of respects. Yeah. Maybe not with uh, the Olympic pedigree, but with just homegrown star being a face of the organization, and then eventually. You lose, but you're still over in a certain respect. There's still an intrigue and a mystique that's around you. I think Angela kind of always had that. So yeah, hopefully she can get everything in her personal life squared away. And who knows, maybe she, maybe she does come back for one more or more.
4: I don't know. Cool. Um, it's
3: take, take one more, more one more. we will take me? one more if you got one. Yeah, something. One more. Uh, anything spicy. I'm not
4: really disappointed in our viewers.
5: <laughs> uh, la 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 la. Why?
3: <laughs> Are you still hyped about Francis versus Tyson? Jed with the bold I mean, prediction
4: last week. I don't know that I was ever hyped about it, but I'm standing by it. I'm committed. I'm committed to the bit. My great regret this year, if I had one do-over, it wouldn't be losing my entire bankroll on Valentina Shevchenko It wouldn't be any number of other. <laughs> poor personal choices it would be that i didn't sack up and pick sean strickland to beat israel disneya for the bit which i should have done i said for a month that i was get, i was talking myself into it and i i backed away like a coward uh i won't let this happen for this very stupid thing that's about to happen i've i've drawn my line in the stand it's very very dumb i understand that it's very dumb it's probably not going to happen but i'm committed i am committed Let's go, Francis and Yeah, I
3: don't know if I was ever... I think I'll get more into it after... I mean, look, we have to deal with this. We have to walk before we run. We have to deal with this KSI, Tommy Fury, Logan Paul, Dylan Danis shenanigans first. And then once... Well, we're going to have to. Uh, And then once that ends, then we can start looking ahead at another weird boxing stuff, plus Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk are going to fight maybe in December, maybe in January, like two months after this Ngannou fight's gonna happen, which I think is friggin' brilliant, by the way, because then it I calls like attention it. to, oh, Tyson's overlooking him, maybe Ngannou can win, and we're gonna have all these theorists that come out and say like, oh, see, maybe this will happen. I respect Jed for sticking to his guns here, uh, he's going to be incredibly wrong, more than likely. But boy, if he's right, it's going to be incredible. Now, that would be the funniest thing that has happened all year,
4: especially with this other type
3: book. I want to be, be clear if funny. I'm
4: right, I'm doing the rest of the BTLs this year shirtless and hammered. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be on here and just like, put a bandana on and just live my life to the max.
3: Uh, I'm so excited. Jen's doing the show from a motorcycle.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might buy a motorcycle. A motorcycle.
3: <laughs> like you won't ride. You just got to put it in the studio and just sit on it and rev it up. And you know. <laughs> 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 uh, all
5: right.
4: The leather vest and just going. Yeah. It's gonna be What's that mic? Like?
0: <laughs> I can't hear you. I
4: couldn't hear Over you. The, sound of, the sound of my awesome. <laughs>
5: <laughs> what Ju- Judy Payne is going to beat Nunes.
4: <laughs> it'll be the best bit that's ever happened I want to be clear I'm going to celebrate if Ngannou just like drops him I don't care if he loses because you know whatever but if he even drops him like he gets the Deontay Wilder dropping him it's going to be sick it's going to be the best oh my I can't god wait. If he lands, I think
5: think if he lands one punch that makes Fury even take a step backwards or his knees just kind of wobble, I think that's a win. Almost like when Conor hit that one uppercut kind of Mayweather. And And everyone
4: was like,
2: oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God!
4: (laughs) It
3: was like Michael Johnson hitting Habib in the first round. Oh, he's his leveled. legs aren't he's under him. His, his legs aren't under him. And then Habib <laughs> 10-8 him in the first <laughs> round.
4: That is – we talked about this on Damn Mike. That's just one of the best unsung moments of like, oh my god, he's hurt. And within two minutes, the the commentary team is like, they could stop this fight. <laughs> <laughs> Habib might be dead. Actually, you guys say like uh, his corner. Big John's taking a deep look into this (laughs) fight.
3: Oh my gosh.
4: Oh
3: incredible. All right. I don't know if we can Uh, get any better than that. Yeah. We
4: We can't. I just as we leave, I'd like to say Guys, I I did watch one because uh it was Friday and I was off, but I the event of the month happened on Saturday fight circus eight running man who was everything you think it was going to be uh shout out to Ben, folks who uh actually maybe it was chad dundas who said this uh on their podcast this week fight circus is the cocaine bear of mma and i've never heard a more apt description of of anything frankly it was delightful uh Charles Felony Bennett, but I'll always call him Crazy Horse Bennett Crazy. in the main event against Bank and No Money, a two on one fight. Uh, the the hockey fight, uh, the new addition to, to Fight that. Circus. They're always coming up with new things, and the hockey fight was brilliant. Um, you know, it, for those who didn't watch, one, go watch. And two, uh, they made two dudes fight on a slip and slide, basically. Uh, it was hilarious and incredible. Two
5: big dudes, two big gentlemen
4: yeah two very large men uh blind muay thai was just incredible we got a ben the bane davis cameo just it's everything you want from fight circus and you know what the best part of it was mike the very best part of the whole thing you could watch the motherfucker they put it on youtube (laughs) pfl can't do it fight circus can make their product viewable for everybody come on pfl get your shit together
3: John Nutt is a legend. Support. Big BTL fan from what I understand. So shout out John Nutt. Keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Keep doing keep, what you're doing. Keep
4: living it up. Also, this the lethway a- fight was legitimately sick. <laughs> they always have a lethway because they're like plugged into the actual like world lethway stuff over there. So they always have like one or two actual real life lethway wait, fights. Wait, wait, wait. And this one was insane. <laughs> so it was fun as hell, man. Well, go on. Were
5: their right headbutts actually landed? Were headbutts uh, landed?
4: So there was there was one headbutt that was like really nasty. One dude was doing lethway who wasn't a lethway fighter. He was just like a Muay Thai guy. And so he was not like going for the torpedo mm-hmm. dive head. Um but yeah, I mean it was just it was easily the sickest, like sickest real fight that happened. The rest of it's all just hilarious and great.
5: And they had a regular old boring-ass MMA fight, too. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. That fight was
4: over in like 20 seconds. (laughs) The (laughs) fight was over very quickly. And then we went right from that into blind Muay Thai, which is exactly what it sounds like. And it's incredible.
2: (laughs)
3: Uh, Bless you, Fight Circus, for giving us the alternative. Hit the music. Yes, there you go. I just you big know I weekend, everybody. They're,
4: they're my baby. Fight Circus is my baby. I gotta shout them out whenever I can.
3: And they deserve it every every bit of it. Uh, big weekend, everybody. UFC Vegas 80. We got Bellator 300. Casey's in San Diego right now. Well, it's, it's, gonna gonna be, be uh, it's gonna be a fun weekend. <laughs> so, thank you very much for watching and/or listening. For Jed, for Casey. I am Mike Hack, the iconic voice of Esterlin takes you home. Back next
5: week. Good night, everybody. Love y'all. This has been an MMA fighting production. Uh, I'm Esther Lin. Thanks a lot.
3: (laughs) You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast
0: Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.